G'day guys and girls and welcome to the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today mate? Very good, very good. Midfield very good. time. Yeah, you're ready to jump straight in. So we're going to continue on what we were doing a few days ago when we ran through the uh, defensive line from a salary cap point of view. We're going to be jumping straight into the midfield line with some of the uh, the primos that you want to have at the start of the season, the uh, the mid prices you want to look at to make you better cash, those rookies, and also some guys that you'll want to avoid. Mm. Obviously, a lot of these guys are wait and watch with uh, with the Marsh series coming up in just a few days' time. However... Um, or potentially even started. Yeah, exactly. Depending ooh, on the magic ooh. of radio. <laughs> the magic of editing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically... Uh, obviously, a lot of these guys are wait and watch. However, you know, a lot of the primos, which we'll jump straight into in just a second, they're your more set and forget guys. You can pretty much guarantee what these guys are going to do come the start of the season. So, should we jump straight into them? Let's do it. All right. So, uh, I mean, are we going to list off some of the obvious ones? So, McRae. Uh, of course you can start off with McCray. Of course you can. Yeah, and I, I'm he's in my team to start the year. No question. I whatsoever. am not having him to start the Ooh, year. Ooh, interesting. At, it's just at the price. Saving I, a bit of cash. I'm going to save cash. I don't want to pay $858,000 mm-hmm. for a guy who's... I don't know if he can... 115 average. I think he does that again. I don't know. I, don't, yeah, I, I, think, there is, I think it's 50-50 whether he does or not. I don't think he necessarily starts the year with that, though. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think I'll have him by the end of the year, yep. for sure, because he's just so good. He's just, he is I just incredible. want to save a bit of cash. Just trying to save a little <clears throat> bit of cash there, right? Well, that's, yep. that's not a bad idea, realistically. I mean, uh, one thing to consider is he's playing Collingwood first up, and we know how much points Collingwood gives up. They do not give a shit <laughs> about a the point. opposition. So a very good point. you could be coming in without McRae in the first week. A lot of people could have him, captain him, get about 150 or so, and you're lagging behind already in the start. I mean, you could mm. play the long... It could be the long play. Yeah, that's true. It's just a case of what else I have to give up to get the money to exactly. bring Exactly, and it is a lot of money. I mean, he's the second most expensive midfielder behind. Another guy that I could bring up, which is uh, Josh Kelly. Yeah, see, Josh Kelly is the guy that... Could deliver anything, but he, he, just, could, he could be anything. Every year he gets injured. Yeah, I'm not touching every Josh damn Kelly. Every it's and it, it's always about the time that I look at bringing him into my team as well. <laughs> it's it seems to be that way for everyone though. <laughs> so everyone seems to you know either be off of him or on board, and it's that time when when he gets injured. Yeah. So and it just sucks because he is such a prolific player. Um, the other one that I wanted to bring up, and I'm starting with this guy as well, is Adam Trelaw. Trelaw, I'm happier to start with. Yep. I don't have him at the moment. Um, again, I'm saving money. Um, my, 113 average. He's so consistent. He's, he is amazing, yeah. A- mean, and Pendlebury's getting older. Taylor Adams, I think, has still got some injury issues that he's he does, working yeah. through. Um, he's the, the top dog in there. No and question. Even Sidebum, I know he plays on the wing, not inside mid, but he was starting to show, show some signs of regression last mm-hmm. year. Trelaw, though, he's entering his prime. Absolutely. Like, this and is his time. The thing with Sidebottom is, Sidebottom, if you let him go, is still damaging enough that teams want to keep a close, uh, a tight leash on him. Absolutely. So they won't... I mean, don't get me wrong, Adam Trelaw is such a prolifically good player, but <coughs> yeah. teams will still want to keep a, a tight hold on Sidebottom, so Trelaw won't get all of the attention. Yep. Agreed. So from a tagging point of view, he's a great option yeah, as well. I do like him. I Again, he's a guy who I'm going to have by the end of the year. I'm not starting with him, though, because mm-hmm. I'm 
um, using my money elsewhere. See, I have loaded up in the midfield with premiums. Mm. I like, like we mentioned in the last pod, there's so many defensive mid-prices. Yeah. I, I think I have four mid-prices in my defensive line at the moment, which is just incredible for me. I'm not used <laughs> to having that many in one line in particular. Um, Houston, Doherty, uh, I think I've got Robertson and Blakely in there at the moment. Mm. So I'll add Hunter Clark to that list in my team. So oh, I've wow. got five mid-prices in defense. you've got five mid-prices. And you just wait till we get to our forward pot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so that's where I've spent my money. I've gone mid-price <laughs> heavy on the other two lines and guns and rooks in the midfield, yeah. but the cheaper guns, mm-hmm. who we'll get to shortly. Yeah, so I've got a, I've got McRae and I've got Trelaw to start off the year, and I'm feeling really good about it as well. Oh, I know a, they're going to be in the top eight at the end of the it's year. It's a great way to start the year. Um, Shall we jump into someone who's a little bit lower down the rankings? I like who it. I've got? Go for it. Paddy Cripps. Paddy Cripps is a very interesting one. He's 753k. Could almost be... I mean, he's still premium price. Still primo, but he's a much cheaper primo. Averaged 101.5 last year. His last five average, though, was 109.4. Yep. Ten times he cracked a ton. Six times he cracked 120. When he went big, he went huge. Absolutely. With a high of 163. He's got to have more support this year mm-hmm. in the midfield, right? He, d- he doesn't look like he has many injury problems this year either, Touch which wood. is good. Touch wood. Um, so worst case, I can see him starting the year off on fire like he did last year mm-hmm. and making some dollars early. Yeah. So 19.3% owned. I'm on board because I think he's cheap. He can make money. I think he's a good chance to be top eight at the end of the year. Yep. Worst case scenario, I'm making some money and jumping off. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one who's around about that price as well. So you've got Paddy Cripps, and for me, Stephen Canelio is another one that you could start yeah. the year off with. He's priced an average of 104, which is well down on a lot of games, purely because of a few injury-interrupted games there. Absolutely. Now, there is, of course, the um, the possibility that he might play a little bit forward, but he still scores so well when he's put up there. He do- he actually has an impact on games. He does, yeah. So he doesn't just run around like a you know a headless chook. He does. He knows how to play forward. The thing with Canelio, because I've got him in a keeper league, so I've watched a lot of (laughs) Canelio games. I love keeper league for that. Every game, there is one quarter where he just goes missing. It could be the first, second, third, fourth. doesn't matter what quarter. There's always a quarter, though, where he goes missing, which I find amazing. Well, as an owner last year, throughout almost the entire year, except when he was injured in salary cap... Yes, he does have that quarter where he goes missing. But the but other he also three are has, amazing. Well, not even necessarily the other three. <laughs> he quite often had the first quarter to end all first quarters. He oh, would yeah. have 55, 60 points in a quarter. He would, yeah. And you'd be like, everyone would be talking about on Twitter. It's like, oh, we're in for 200-point games. Like, it's no. not how he rolls. He because starts hot, slows down, finishes off. Okay. Exactly. And, and part of that reason is he breaks out of the gate so hard that opposition coaches have to put someone on him. Yeah. So he gets a little bit of that tag later in games. Yeah. But he's just too good at 700 and, you know, 60K? 769. 769K? And 26% owned. A lot of people agree with you. For me, I, I don't have him at the moment, but I love Cogs. All right. If My you... issue for him is the way he plays the game. Mm-hmm. Injury is always such a big risk. Yeah, it's tough call. It's It really is hard. But, I mean, when he's priced around the likes of Scotty Pendlebury, Yo... Uh, oh, Pelly Zorko. He's just so much he's better option such than better. those guys. I'm definitely taking him ahead of any of those yeah. guys. Um, Cripps is a definitely good option there as well. Another guy, very quickly, Clayton Oliver. Mm-hmm. No from me. No from you. No from me to start the year. Interesting. And yeah, and there's a good reason for that. I think he had a slightly down year last year. So he's a guy who you could get for 786k. 
to save a little bit of cash rather than going one of those Uber premiums. Mm-hmm. I agree, though, there's better value elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but if you like me, a little bit strapped for cash and you're looking for anyone who you think has a bit of value, here's yeah. an option. Um, the reason I don't want to start the season with Oliver is because of the two teams he's playing <clears throat> first up. He's playing West Coast in the mm, first game, point. who he has struggled with. And also, if Hutchings is playing, he will go straight to Clayton Oliver. Very true. His second team is GWS. And guess who Matty DeBoer is oh, going well, straight to? Okay, then we're scratching Oliver, we're bringing Dunkley in. I know, exactly. And I, <laughs> Dunkley is another great one. He's got a good start to the season. I think he's going to continue that prolific scoring. I think he's perfect to start your year with. Yeah. And if you did want to save just that little bit of cash, it's not going to save much, but um, you're looking at an extra you know, 30, 40K going Dunkley over... McRae, for example, or Dunkley over Kelly. Which could make a big difference. It could, at, at the end of the day, that could be your yeah. last little bit of cash and, to get um, up to someone. We all know what Dunkley did when he got the midfield chance last year. And that, that the only thing holding change. him back <laughs> is Bevo. Is Bevo. The <laughs> only thing that could stop him. Swinging the magnets Bevo. around the board. Be- classic Bevo. Yeah. But hopefully, I, I just can't see him moving that midfield now. I think he... Surely it's set. I Surely you would just go, right, you've got McRae, you've got Dunkley, you've got Bontempelli in there. Nobody's beating that centre bounce lineup. It's surely too not. good. Surely so, not. yeah, I think Bevo should hopefully be holding that lineup. Everything Fingers is crossed. crossed. Everything, Everything is crossed, is touching crossed. every piece of wood in this bloody room. Um, okay, so yeah, again... Oliver, for me, no to Yeah, no, you've convinced year. me. I've scratched him. Yeah. And I know I'm pretty heavy when it comes to talking about tags, but those two in particular No, those are two are like real dangers. Um, um, that's cool. I didn't actually look at his, his matchups. Those were most of the premiums I wanted to bring up. Did you have anyone else you wanted to talk about? That was it for me. All right, well, let's bring in some of the mid-prices then. So there's an obvious one. He's <laughs> sitting there. He's screaming out at us. And if you don't start the year with him, it's almost as bad as not starting the year is with Is that uh, one Tom Mitchell? That is one Tom Mitchell. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about him. No, he's I'm, in everyone's team. He, actually, he's not. He's in 52. 2% of teams. The other 48% of teams <clears throat> need to take a good, hard, long look at themselves because they are playing fantasy wrong. Yeah. Like, no one is... Expe- well, some people will be. We're not expecting him to come out and start cranking out 110s like he was like he did two years ago. I mean, I'm not expecting it, but I'm kind of thinking it might happen. Oh, me too. There's <laughs> uh, a real chance. I'm not expecting it, though. But even if he's coming out and putting up 90s, he's increasing in price. And that's on the very low end of what he can that's do. Like best, that's like worst-case scenario. That's, wor- that's apocalypse almost. Oh, uh, uh, don't get no, me wrong. Apocalypse no, will no, be... Don't go there. Yeah, apologies. That's, that's worst-case if he's playing scenario. I can't, yes. can't see Tom Mitchell playing a game where he's fit enough to play and scoring below 90. Yep. Um... So, so we so Tom Mitchell absolutely one hundred percent. I really struggled to find other mid prices yeah, in the midfield tough, isn't it? that actually interested me. Yeah, I've the got... only guys I really found were underpriced premiums. Yes, yeah. So there's that real that fine line between a true <laughs> mid pricer because the one that I was very interested in preseason has gone way off the radar now, and that's Callum Ward. So Ward is going yeah. to be missing the start to the season. I think a lot of people were keen on Ward prior to that announcement yeah. because he was so cheap. He's go, you know, when he plays, he's playing right in the middle. He yeah. can't play anywhere else. Yes, he might be that guy though. That if you start with a primo who doesn't um, work out, when Ward comes in, he can be the downgrade that you go to to pocket a bit of cash. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, so uh, so really, I think midfields this year is going to be guns and guns and rocks, guns and rocks, no question. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about a couple more midfielders because I've got I've got two that yeah, I might right. be interested in. Again, probably more underpriced premiums. Yeah. Uh, Gus. Yeah. I've how got do you, him. How do you feel about Gus Brayshaw? Average eighty eight last year, six fifty three k, three percent owned. 
he's in. He's on my um, my sheet here. Melbourne have got wingers <laughs> now, so he doesn't have to play wing. He doesn't. He can be on ball, and, and surely they play him on ball. Surely last year, average of eighty eight. That was his. That was like his basement, career wise from here on. Yep. Surely, like the only way is up. And this is probably like a, a cycle question, realistically. But <laughs> was Angus Brayshaw dropping to those lows last year the re- one of the reasons for Melbourne's poor performances? Or was Melbourne's poor performances and coaching the reason for Angus Brayshaw doing so badly? I think is it was just the, chicken perf- the, egg? the perfect storm of just, yeah. just shit going wrong last year. It is also, have you had a bit of a laugh at the uh, Melbourne marketing team lately? With the, um, you know, to Helen back? type um, yeah, they're, thing they're doing. Um, You've got to come back first, Melbourne. Yeah, you can't preemptively come back. Because <laughs> if they finish like 16th or 17th again this year, you haven't come back. You're no, no, still you're in still hell. in hell. You're still in hell. <laughs> um, um, the only thing on Brayshaw is he does have a bit of an elbow injury he's working through at the moment. I think he mm. is supposed to be good for the start of the season and it shouldn't have impacted on his fitness though. Wait and watch. Wait and watch. So um, see what happens in the March series, I think. And I could also, like you said, with their matchups to start the year, I could see a scenario where I don't start with him and I give him a week or two to see how he rolls you could. and then bring him in. You could. I mean, I think he's less of a worry with the tag than a, um, a Clayton Oliver. Absolutely. But um, West Coast don't give up a lot of points regardless of if they tag you exactly. or not. Exactly. And they're playing at home as well. So playing at Optus, that's that's a tough opening game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so that's Bray Short. Another one I'm interested in, but he really burnt me starting him last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of our boys on the podcast, Jackie Steele. Oh, I considered him, Jackie yeah. Steele, 712. So again, he's more of a underpriced premium than yeah. a true mid-pricer. Yeah. Um, you view him as a premium? Average, oh, well, he could be. Average of 96 last year. Mm. Um, but the last three average was 103 with the last five of 105. And that yeah. was as the new coach came in and started playing him to his his real abilities. The word I read was that... Um, Radden is the new coach. There, Radden, Radden, yeah. yeah, Radden is keen to release the shackles from the tagging role, mm. which he could be anything if he's free to hunt the ball. Oh, he is because he's such a good ball hunter. He's got mm. such a prolific ability to win the ball in the contest as well. Um, he is a little bit wasted in the tagging role. At, at least he makes up his points with tackles. Yeah, but he that can won't st- go away though. He can still get a few hugs if he's hunting the ball. Absolutely. So if if that changes, and if you notice that role change, particularly in the uh, the preseason competition, mm. I don't mind him again this yeah, year. Yeah, I don't mind that one at all. The other one I've got is McCluggage. Just if you think he can take another step on top of what he did last yeah. year. Really low ownership, only 1.8%. He's a real point of difference. Real he? point of difference. I don't think I'd have the balls to do it myself. I, could, I couldn't imagine myself pulling that off. But yeah, that's if you're way out there. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, it'd be a ballsy move to do that. I, I, I don't know how much more it. growth there is from a 91.4 average. Agreed. Um, well, I think that's most of the mid-prices. Again, we're looking at your guns and rooks strategy here in the midfield for salary cap leagues. Yeah, not a I lot of joy. Can't stress that enough this year. With the mid-prices. Um, we've got a few rookies, though. Yes. Uh, we do oh, have do a we few ever. rookies to get through. Um, uh, there's the number one rookie, of course. I think everyone needs to own him. Matty Rowell. You we, have to own him. We won't talk about him much. Suffice to say that... He is that good a ball winner. He is that he's good a tackler. He smashed it in the... Um, the intra-club? The, yeah, Gold Coast versus oh, Brisbane the, on the, the weekend just gone. The mini-Q. The mini-Q. Apparently he smashed it. And it was one of those greasy 
Queensland games. Oh, where good. So he's, it's he's like playing with conditions. a bar of soap. And apparently he was the one touch. <laughs> I think he got a goal in that as well. So not, uh, not bad. Done. Yeah. Not bad if he can rest not forward sure. and still get a few points. So yeah, you that. have to start with Rao. Um, no question. Anderson is going to get games, so yeah, there's uh, the, the argument to have him as well. Expensive buying the number one, number two draft picks. Um, yeah. you, you do have to really have some faith in Anderson. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure about his scoring ability in the first year so much, Anderson, as yeah. much as Rowles. Because um, yeah, I, I think if they can afford to play anyone for long stints in the forward pocket to get that little bit of magic, it might be Isaac Rankin on one forward pocket and uh, Noah Anderson in the other for long periods yeah. of the game. The Gold Coast is another team where it's going to be really interesting to see how they ma- they um, they structure their team up. Absolutely. Because they've got a lot of guys that can kind of play those small roles. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see which ones they stick where and how set they are to those yeah. roles and how flexible they are flicking them around. Could be super exciting forward line as well. You've got Ben King up at full forward yeah. uh, and then Isaac Rankin and possibly Noah Anderson slash Sexton or someone like mm-hmm. that on the other Mate, forward Sexton's pocket. Sexton's the centre-half forward. Yeah, true. Sexton is the centre-half <laughs> forward. Um, well, they don't have anyone else. They don't have any other tall forward. They could play really. two-metre um, two Peter, except he seems uh, to be out of favour. Yeah, true. Two-metre Peter... He probably doesn't apply enough pressure for Dewey. <laughs> exactly. So, well, I don't know how a two-metre player could really apply pressure to anyone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Noah Anderson for me. If you're going to pay for him and Raul, which again you have to have Raul in your side heading yep. into the year, um, you've really got to have faith that he's going to score well. Yeah, uh, there's somewhere it, he's a guy where you can save a little bit of money. Exactly. Um, Sarong, Sarong, Caleb Sarong yeah. will get games for Frio. Um, probably another guy who'll play a lot of forward pocket though. Sarong has forward status, doesn't he? No, no, he's standard midfielder. Or am I thinking? Um, I might be thinking ultimate footy. No, even in that, status. he's a centre only. I checked today. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, midfield okay. only. In, very interesting. So, but I think he will play a lot of forward pocket this year. So, mm. in um, if you've got your um, Positional changes turned on. I think he'll gain DPP through the year. Nice, very interesting. Um, so again, yeah, a he's, bit expensive again. He's another option. Um, I don't mind the looks. Of, I mean, another obvious one which people are talking about heading into the season is Marlon Pickett. Yep, fifty nine percent owned. Mar- Marlon Pickett. Marlon Pickett. Mar- Marlon Pickett. Fifty nine percent owned at one hundred and seventy k. Yes, you start him if he's playing round one. Yeah, which I he can, should be. I think he will. Um, he almost won the the uh, North no no so no no yeah let let me explain myself here <laughs> so I, I didn't I mean he, to sound angry there it, but I did <laughs> he will definitely play round one he will definitely he he's best twenty two yes but the role he's playing he's not going to be a massive fantasy scorer he's going to be an impact player. If the impact dries up, mm-hmm. I could see someone else pushing for his spot. He did play through the midfield a fair bit in that ground. I mean, we have but, a very but, small sample size to work on. We have one thrashing to yes. work off. And yeah, he did play through the midfield, but he was still an impact player through the midfield. Mm. He's not a massive accumulator. Mm-hmm. At 170k, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But don't be expecting massive scores. I mean, okay. considering how good a game he had in the grand final, do you know how many points he scored? No. 73. He only scored 73 points in the grand final. Yes. Uh, it's low 70s. Might not be exactly 73, but it's low 70s. And that was the second best on ground in a thrashing. Yeah, he and he was So he's he's going to go up in price because he's 170k, but he's not going to score huge. Yeah. Um, That's all I'm saying. He's playing Carlton, though, which is always handy for the first game. So True. Yeah, he's... So if, if, they yeah. always have a, a gifted run so first you, game. You Richmond. have to start with him, but just temper expectations. Don't expect... 
the next Walsh. Agreed. Um, and the last one that I really want to mention quickly here, well, a couple. I got two to go. Yeah, a yeah you go. Uh, first one is uh, is Warner yep, from, he's one from of Sydney. Mine. He's one of yours. Yep. Um, just the hype that's been happening pre-season. There's a lot about the. He's uh, going to be the horse's next boy. Yeah, that's the thing. The fact that Longmire is talking, you know, uh, that article was very insightful the other day, yeah. where he had to pull him up and say, "Look, that's you You're going can't too go this hard. hard in a preseason game." Coaches love that shit. Yeah, like, if he's going that hard in a preseason game, that horse has to tell him to slow down. He Once the season off. starts, he's going to be horse's favorite player. Yeah, so he's it, playing around one. He's going to be playing. If he plays, he's going to be playing off the bench. He's not going to be like in the starting midfield rotation. But hopefully, mm. he should score enough points. But again, at one ninety four k, you can afford that exactly. So that all those signs are pointing in yeah. the right direction. And he's only one point three percent owned. Yeah, so you could get. I think a, that's going up. That all should go up, especially if he plays well in the marsh. My other guy, Ned McHenry. Ooh, okay. I've got another one on top of that. Mm -hmm. Only because he's 170k. And the Crows need to blood youth and they need to have a different look to their team because they're just so stale. It's it's average at best. It wouldn't surprise me if he plays primarily forward Mm -hmm. and is a pressure forward because that's what he did from memory during the under-18s. Yep. So that role isn't going to get him huge scores. Mm -hmm. So the 38.8% of people that have him don't expect huge scores just because he came second in some time trials. <laughs> but at 170k, you can stick him on your bench and he will accumulate money for you. That's it. It's it's all about whether or not he's playing in that round one match. And he should be. Yeah. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention, again, wait and watch, see if he's playing in round one, Luke Valenti. Now, I, you know how much of a man crush I have on this kid. You yeah. know how much of a good player. A lot of his teammates have been talking him up this yeah. preseason, so yeah. it's not just the... Uh, the coach or the media that have been talking yeah, about, it's but players. it's when your players start saying, you know, this guy's showing a lot of leadership attributes. This guy's a great kick off both feet. He's he's mm. tough. He's a nuggety sort of player. Um, he's he's the kind of player that you you want to play with. Yes, I think so. Uh, I think that's a good sign. It is. Um, I again, it's all about whether he plays round one, and if he does, he's in my team. I don't think he does. I think he comes in... I think he's one of the first But he in, could be a downgrade option. Again, I think he's so one yeah. of the first in partway through the season when they need to replace someone who's injured or is getting yeah. a bit tired. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, he's the perfect downgrade option. Yeah. And that's what I'm actually hoping for. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, uh, if... Like, for example, there's been a lot of hype about Bailey Banfield this preseason for, for Fremantle. Fantastic. Not necessarily fantasy hype, but a lot of talk about Bailey... Banfield coming in and playing certain roles for Fremantle. Yeah. I think it's almost a, um, just a crime to him. play, you know, Banfield over Valenti. Valenti is such a good youngster. Yeah. Um, he should be getting a game again above players like that. I agree. Um, no, no insult to, to either player, just, a, you know, an observation. Yeah, um, I agree though. So, so yeah, if he's playing round one, he's in my team. If he's not, hopefully he comes in a few rounds in, he can be a first downgrade option. Yeah, agreed. Um, and that's really all the the sort of rookies I wanted to cover. Yeah, that's who I had to talk about. Because again, we really have to wait and watch and see what happens with some of these, um, you know, mid prices. Uh, there's some other guys like Riley Garcia who might get some games early on. We'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, watch the March series. That'll exactly. that should help us a lot. Um, and yeah. I guess talking rookies more generally, I'm assuming we're going to do a keeper league podcast ranking of some of the rookies. Absolutely. So we are. if you're if you do have a hankering for rookies from a keeper league perspective, keep an ear out because that'll be dropping in a few weeks. No question. Um, all right, so let's move into. I mean, it's it's the worst, and it's also my favorite part of the podcast, <laughs> which is I, I want to talk about some of the guys that you do not want to start with, and you almost just don't want in your team 
maybe for the length of the season, but more so for me, you don't want these guys in the start. <laughs> this is going to be very interesting and hands. potentially quite contentious, Rubbing I think. Yeah. All right, so uh, do you want to start off with one? Rocky. Rocky. He's mine. He's top of my list as well. I, I am, don't get the hype. I am so over the roller coaster. It's awful. He's like... Don't get me wrong, he was, for a two to four year he was period, the best. he was the best fantasy player going around. Maybe tied with Dane Swan for one of those early years. Yep. Um, but he's not anymore. He's, he's just not. not. He's still got the ceiling, but he's getting there less and less. Significantly and less. less. His body's letting him down. His role is not always... Um, guaranteed to be fantasy consistent. Both his shoulders now are serious injury risk, so you could have him for two weeks. Um, He could be amazing. Like he was, I think, almost three or four times last year. Yeah. He would come back from injury, go mental for a week and a half. Everyone would have to get him in again, and then he would fail. Yeah, I'm just over it. I'm over the roller coaster. Yeah, I don't want to start my year with that in my team. I want consistency. I want someone I can trust. Interestingly, I was really surprised he's only owned by 2% of the team. So I I think a lot of other people are over it A lot of intelligent coaches out there, a lot of people who have learned from their mistakes. Um, The fact that obviously, I mean, you know, we've got to give some props to the uh, the Dream Team Talk boys, the the traders themselves. I mean, they started all this fantasy podcasting over here um, in Australia and, you know, they... Uh, they've got the uh, the pig status, obviously, yes. and that does carry some weight with it. Um, there's yep. a lot of talk on Twitter. Um, I think this pig needs to be retired to the style, though. Yeah, I think so. He, it's it's unfortunate, but he's still got a lot of good football in him, yeah. just not so much good fantasy football, yes. I think. I, he's going to be great as a draft player. I'm just yeah. not sold he, he's someone you can uh, Given the, uh, you know, the um, sentiment out there, the fact that there's only 2% that own him, there's a lot of people undervaluing him you can get him quite a bit later in a draft league yes um he fell incredibly late in the uh the recent draft we did with the draft doctors mm. uh um i think he fell to around about the eighth round something like that it would have been unthinkable um, couple years ago. exactly but you know people just are, are really worried about um right. what kind of effects plus the yeah. amount of new blood <laughs> coming into port yeah. adelaide's midfield exactly right. do you think we've covered our asses enough that we aren't going to get hate mail i think so all right I think let's so. move on then all right so we got? um i think i might get some hate mail for this one um mm-hmm. and this really hurts me to say because he is one of my boys oh, and this I is my number two so guy much. as well Tim Taranto. Yeah, it's my number two yeah. guy too. Yeah, Tim Taranto. I, There's no upside. Why would you start with Tim Taranto this year? Just, I mean, it's it's purely the fact that he plays in GWS's midfield. Yes. Now, GWS has the... I mean, obviously, it was ranked the 12th best midfield by champion data. We'll um, just move on from we'll that. We'll move on from that because <laughs> that is just beyond contentious. But they have the most stacked midfield in the competition, bar yes. none. Absolutely. Cornelio, Kelly, Whitfield, Green, you've got Taranto in there. Hopper. Coming, coming, Hopper, obviously, an inside mid, a pure inside mid. He can't play anywhere else. Plus, coming Ward. up from below, Ward, yeah, bloody hell, come back and injure. That's seven. You've got Haightley coming through. You've got um, uh, Caldwell. Caldwell coming through. You've got Tom Green coming through. That's ten potential A-grade midfielders that can't all play in the yeah. same team. And that's not even counting role players like DeBoer. Oh god! And Gabor has to play through the middle. He he is he is such a good tagger. He needs yep. to be played in the midfield, so he takes up a rotation in there. And, and that's not counting the half forwards who can play through there, like Williams. Yep. Like um, other Green. Yeah, Toby other, Green. yeah, Toby Green. I mentioned mentioned him already. Um, and he will pop in every now and then for mm. a quick rotation through mm. there. Um, look, I just 
I don't see the upside to start in the year with him. Um, I think he's going to regress a little bit in points this year. Um, yes, I, I think I that might come back a little bit closer to... Oh, what, what, what did he average last year? Let's see if I can pick that up. He averaged... I think it was like 115. He averaged 113 last year. I think that comes back down to between 100 and 105 at I agree. Yeah, I agree. Which is still very good. Assuming that... GWS's midfield doesn't all walk under ladders again like yeah. they did last year. Yeah, jeez. Because that's what he really benefited from mm-hmm. was everyone constantly chopping and changing with injuries. If they have a settled midfield this year, yeah. there's a lot of mouths to feed. Let, let's just say all of those guys that we just mentioned can't average over 100. They, there's just no. not enough points to go around in one game. Agreed. Uh, particularly in games that are close. You know, they're not. It's not always going to be the orange tsunami just constantly Licking racking up points. Exactly. All right. I'm. We obviously talk way too much footy together because that was also my guy to talk about. That's, that's so, weird. I, I thought that was going to be the contentious one and you were going to hate that pick. No, I, I'm with you, but I think it might be contentious elsewhere. <laughs> Although, again, he's only 4% owned, so other people might be on the same, true, same true. thinking. My third one, let's see if we can go three for three. All right, let's see. Tim Kelly. It's Tim Kelly, number three. I'll show you the three for three. List. We have not talked about this list preseason. <laughs> that is really weird. Um, Alrighty, 719k. This is a guy who is actually owned, 9% owned. It's um, that name value. It's the name value. Mm-hmm. Averaged 96.9 last year. I cannot see that improving. Not one iota. I, I mean, I was going to say sufficiently to make it worthwhile, but even at all is probably yeah, I, asking he, something. He either stays exactly the same or he goes backwards this year. I can't see any other thing because he's coming into such an already... Uh, a solid midfield, one yeah. of the better midfields in the comp. I mean, yeah. you've already got Yo, you've got Shuey, you've got Redden, you've got Sheed, you've Gaff. got Gaff, um, and, and then you add Tim Kelly into that. Now, don't get me wrong, he's got some great football ahead of him this year. Yes. He's going to be an elite player. That doesn't mean that he's going to be an elite fantasy player. Yes, he and, is another skillful impact player, yeah. and he does rack up the ball, but he's the guy who racks up the ball and then gets only two or three points per possession. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily get the the flick back and forth, plus six, yeah. um, one, two, run on, get another kick to him sort of thing. It's yeah. more just clean, get it, go. He's a Chris Judd player. He's a Chris Judd style of player. He's not a Dane Swan style of player. Dane Swan was by far, very, very far from the classiest and most skillful players going around. But he racked up the pill. He just got out into the open and he got those plus sixes. Whereas Tim Kelly was built to grab the ball out of a contest and distribute it quickly, cleanly. And, you know, he, he's not messing around with it. No, exactly. So, for me, Tim Kelly, I don't want anything to do with as a pure midfielder this year. If he had yeah. forward status, might be interested. If he gains yeah. it midway through the year in salary cap, you could probably talk know. me around I to I can't it. see that happening. I think he's playing... He's playing midfield, square. yeah. West Coast want him in the center square. I think that's why they recruited him. So <clears throat> yep. that's really creepy, actually. That all those yeah, those three I was were expecting asked. a bit more um, arguing on those, but no, alrighty, one hundred percent agreement. Um, shall we talk rucks quickly before we finish this one up? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it because rucks are really the probably one of the simplest categories for me this year. Uh, yes, but there's a, there's a choice you have to make heading into the start. Yes, you either go two set and forget, mm-hmm. or you go one and then you debate who your R two is. Exactly. So let's let's just go with the first one, Grundy. For Grundy, me, you start. For me, you start with Grundy. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to be good this year. He's going to be good all year. He's going to have some games where maybe he goes at 
100 or so, yep. but that's going to be better than most other rocks that week. Yep, 58.5% owned. If you aren't starting him, you're behind the eight ball. You have to have Grundy. Yeah, no question. Gone, if you want to go the two, set, and forget. You can. Is a real option. I, I have no issue with that. A lot. Uh, some people will do it. Uh, not everyone. But mm-hmm. for me, yeah. It's a that's lot of dollars. Great. I did that last year. It worked very well for me last year. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that there is a little bit more value in the mid-prices this year for the Rucks. Yes, I agree. So I'm going to not start with Gorn. Agreed. And work to get him in. Me too. But he, that should always be your aim. You're going to get Gorn in at some point in the year. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Yes. All right, so who's your first mid-pricer you're looking at then? So the first mid-pricer I'm looking at is Sam Jacobs. Yep. So he's gone over to GWS. He's going to be the main ruck there. Yes, he, he They is. need him as the main ruck for one to two years. Mumford's got pieces falling off him. He's done. <laughs> he's literally a mummy. There's like bandages yep. and shit falling yep. off him all he's, over the place. He's done. So... Cooked. And Sam Jacobs, look, while he didn't have the the best fantasy average, even when he was playing at, you know, um, Adelaide, he was a solid draft guy. He would average between 85 and 90 some years. Yep. Very, very solid. Hopefully he can get up to that again just by the fact that he is the number one Rockman there. I think he will. Um, and I think if he's priced at... What's he priced at? He's priced um, at an average of... So his average was 80.4 and mm-hmm. he's 514k. Yeah. And, and 20% owned. So a lot of people are on this band. And he's rating. priced at a discounted average on that as well because he didn't play enough games last year. Yes. So, um, yeah, he. I think he's going to make you a bit of cash and be solid in that second Rock spot as well. 100%. He's who I'm rolling with at the moment. As yeah. soon as he got traded to GWS last year mm-hmm. I was all on board yeah I, I don't mind that at all um, the other ones uh, to bring up are so Jared Witts is a no for me because he's he's too expensive to be a true mid-pricer agreed and I think he's also carrying a little bit of an injury this off-season yep uh, Rowan Marshall mm-hmm. a lot of people have mentioned um, no no, absolutely not with Paddy Ryder's there too many question marks about role with Paddy Ryder exactly. I agree yeah, so um, I think long term, I love him as a player, mm-hmm. but this year in salary cap, no. Oh, if he's the number one ruck, any that see, this is the key with a lot of ruckmen: the number one ruck. If there's mm-hmm. a clear number one ruck, and it doesn't matter if there's a you know a Ford who chops in every now and then, like a yeah. like a lob for Fremantle or someone yep. like that. Um, but <clears> if you are looking at a genuine other ruckman in the side, like with Hickey and Natanui, um, mm-hmm. that's someone I don't really want to touch. Yep, agreed. <laughs> um, Riley O'Brien. Yes. Very interesting. 709,000, 14.6% owned. Average 96. Yes. And I think there's a bit of scope to improve that. I think he could bring that up to 100. Not a huge amount, but yeah, I think he could push the ton. There could be a case that Riley O'Brien could outscore Max Corn this year. There is a very small chance, and it would be a risk, but it could happen. He is a very good young ruckman. You know how much I love Gorn, so I'm not going to comment on I know. this. It's, yeah, I'm going to abstain be a, from this one. a very, very minor possibility, but he is that good a young Ruckman. Mm. Um, and he's, well, realistically, he's coming to the prime of his body as well. So what is he, 26 this year, something I like that? I don't even know. Um, something like that, but he's been around a while. Yeah. Um, so the other one a lot of people have been talking about this preseason is Scotty Lysett from Port. Yeah. He uh, he was no, in and out of the team last year, no, but yeah, I'm not not sold. No, I think um, there's better value elsewhere. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think your your better value is going someone like a Jacobs. Jacobs, um, Jacobs for me is the obvious R two. Yeah, he's what he's so um, Scott Lysett is six hundred nineteen k. You're uh, saving almost a hundred grand exactly. going Jacobs. Yeah, and, and the scoring's going to be similar. Mm-hmm. It's so, and that hundred grand could really. 
be put towards a, a massive upgrade elsewhere on your field to start yeah, the season. That's your difference between one of your your sort of second tier primo midfielders and one of those top tier guys. One hundred percent. All right. Um, so the other I know guy, you've got another one. I've got one more. Yeah. And looking at it more, I wouldn't do it. But Sean Darcy, mm-hmm. five hundred eleven thousand. So he's three k less than Jacobs. Yeah. So he's he's who I would look at if I just couldn't quite reach Jacobs, mm-hmm. or if I wanted to go. A POD, but I think Jacobs is going to score better anyway. I so, agree, yeah. But it's because Darcy averaged only 68.8 last year, only 11 games. He had some injury issues, he had form issues. This year, I think Lobb's going to be playing predominantly forward, particularly with Hogan taking the mental illness break. Um, who else was there? Uh, McCarthy, we have no idea what we're oh, going to get. No, no one knows what's happening uh, there. So Tabernet needs support up forward. Lobb was recruited to play forward. He wants to play forward. Mm-hmm. Darcy's going to play number one ruck. And we've already seen he's got a ceiling and he can play fantasy-wise. So I think he's a real option this year. But for the extra 3K, I'm going Jacobs. Yeah, so I just put him out there as a point of difference. Exactly. So and I don't mind that at all. And uh, look, we're, I think we've covered a lot of mid-prices. Um, when you're talking about the young rookies for the ruck line, it doesn't matter, realistically. If... if any Ruckman no. uh, at the start gets a game. If any 170k Ruckman, or then you know, you're, you're then R3. You, that's your R three. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, Hopefully, they get some points and maybe they play a few games. Yeah, but uh, there's no one that's really jumping out. I moment. mean, maybe Darcy Cameron. If like, if you want to, he's the obvious one to have as your R three. Yeah, it's just because he's been around so long and everyone seems to know the name. Um, look, but I, he's I, only ever playing as a handcuff for um, Grundy. Exactly. There's, there's no one standing up as a. Um, uh, you know, a, a rookie-priced Ruckman that I would really just say, oh, he's definitely going to get a lot of games. He's going to play yeah. a lot. Even Sam Draper from Essendon um, has he almost won't... fallen off the map with Andrew Phillips coming in, oddly enough. Yeah, and even then, he's still recovering from that ACL. He is. So he wouldn't be back before mid-year, best-case scenario. 100%. So just put whoever you like, just the cheapest. Darcy Cameron's quite easy to just chuck in at R3. It honestly doesn't matter. And if someone gets a game, then you trade them out. Yep. You, you put them in. Uh, cool. So that's the uh, that's the rock lineup, and uh, and we're going to end the podcast there for today. Now make sure to uh, to tune in to our next podcast where we'll be covering off on the forward line from a salary cap point of view. Again, we'll run through all the premiums, the mid prices, the rookies, and some of the duds that you're not going to want to start the year. The forwards is the one I'm looking forward to oh, this because is that is absolute. Garbage. It's a wasteland in the forward line, and we're going to try and wade through it and help you out because the apocalypse yep. has hit us this year <laughs> for the forward line. It was always coming, yep. and this is the year it's happened. So can't wait to join you then. Thanks again for listening to us. You can always reach us at Extended Bench AU on Twitter. Matt, thanks for being here. No problem. And catch we'll you. catch you all next time. Where are you?